Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service. Whether you're here with us in church, watching from home, or joining us for the first time, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I want to welcome Reverend Ricky Montgomery. Ricky was with us a few weeks ago, and we'll be back in another couple of weeks. But Ricky, we're always delighted to see you in Ballycrock, and thank you so much for coming this morning and agreeing to lead our service. Also, want to add a second welcome. Our pianist this morning, Adam. Adam, as you know, played for us on many occasions in the past, but this time last year, he and his sister Sarah both qualified as teachers, and they're now teaching in England. Sarah in West Sussex, and Adam in Sherborne in Dorset. Adam, thank you so much for agreeing to play for us this morning. It's great to see you back and hear that your teaching is going so well. Thank you. Now, a final update on the barbecue. You may have noticed on the screen prior to the service, but the donations, including gift aid, go to Peru at £1,260.33 and Rwanda at £1,195.55. So that is a reflection on your generosity. Sunday Club starts back today in its regular spot at 11 o'clock. And next Saturday, Brian Gartland is going to tidy up the church grounds. Now, if I can use an Ulster, we could all come and give him a hand. So, could I encourage as many of you as possible to come next Saturday and give Brian a hand? Bring brushes, shovels, uh, starting at about 10 o'clock-ish, finishing about 3. And by the way, if you're going to be here over, sorry, we're not providing you. But have a word with Brian this morning, if you can. Let him know that you'll be here. And even if you don't let him know this morning, you'll not be turned away if you turn up next. So just bear that in mind, please. And finally, Monday, Jim and Kim as usual, usual spots, usual events. Those are the announcements this morning. Ricky, my privilege, my pleasure to invite you. Thank you. Thanks very much, Billy, for that uh, welcome. And uh, it's good to be with you again. And I'm not here next week, but the week after. And I look forward to uh, sharing with you in that uh, service. It's good to worship God. It's good to come before him uh, with thankful hearts. And we're going to do that as we sing, Who is He in Yonder Stall? Uh, it's 361, and uh, we're going to sing four verses. So there'll be four verses up on the screen. Let's praise God.
And let's come before the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We come with praise on our lips, praise in our hearts because of what you've done for us. When we think of who you are, the God of all creation, yet you allowed your Son to enter this world and suffer and go to the cross that we might be set free from the penalty of sin, we rejoice in all of that. You did this so that we might spend eternity with you, free from the consequences of sin, free from the very presence of sin in our lives. We just want to thank you and we want to serve you because we have come to realize that salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And yet, still we rebel, still we turn away from you, just like the Israelites of old who turn to other gods. We worship the God of materialism. We worship the God of indifference. And if we're really honest, we worship ourselves because we want everything for self. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to be the people that you've called us to be. Now, Lord, send your Holy Spirit into this service. Move from person to person, from seat to seat. And Lord, we pray that everything that takes place in this service today will be in line with your will. Anoint everyone in this service. And to your name be all the glory and praise. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to sing again, praise to God. Uh, it's 300 and, uh, sorry, it's 651. These are the days of Elijah. Let's praise him.
Our reading is taken from Revelation uh, chapter 1 and reading from verse 1. Revelation chapter 1 and reading from verse 1. Let's hear the word of the Lord. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come. From the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, ever, even those who pierced him, and all those on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And may the Lord bless this reading from his precious word. Let's come before the Lord in prayer again. Lord, as we turn to you now to ask that you would be with us as we pray for one another, we ask, Lord, that you would not only hear our prayers, but that you would answer them. And we know that you will, because these prayers are asked with sincerity in mind. Lord, we think of all of those within this congregation who are struggling, those who are struggling with health issues, those who are struggling physically because of some ailment, some disease, whatever, and those who are struggling mentally with depression. When one day just goes into another, when there seems to be no direction in life, there seems to be no way out of this deep hole, this dark hole, that characterizes our, our life at this time. And we pray, Lord, that you would just be with those people. Our prayer is that you would help them, Lord, to see you in all of this, that you would shine bright to them and that they would trust in you. But Lord, help them to overcome. And those who are struggling with other mental issues, Lord, we pray that you would 
not only heal them, but bless them at this time. And then there are those, Lord, who are struggling spiritually. They're far from you. They once loved to worship you, but prodigals, they're far away. They're in another land, as it were. We pray, Lord, that your blessing would be upon them. Bring them back. Bring them back to yourself. For those who have never made that commitment to follow you, we pray that even today as they listen here in church, as they listen uh, to the uh, service as it's broadcast, we pray that your hand would be upon them. That maybe today would be a day when they say yes to you, Jesus. Oh, come, Lord Jesus. Come in all your power. Lord, lift your name on high. We worship you, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the one who was and is and always will be. Lord, Hear our prayers, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We um, sing praise to God before we come to God's word. Uh, and it's in the words of 352, name of all majesty. Let's praise him.
In the last book of the Bible, Jesus reveals himself as the Alpha and the Omega. Now, this is extremely significant. One of the most challenging, surely, to our minds because it describes Jesus in his vastness, his almighty power. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's the one who is, who was, who is to come. He is Lord of all. And that's who we worship. That's who is on our side and by our side, the Almighty, Jesus Christ. Now, you may know or you may not know the word alphabet comes from the Greek. Alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet is linked with the second beta to form the word alphabet. And the title Alpha and Omega occurs only three times in the Bible, and all three are in the book of Revelation. Now, as I just pointed out, Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and Omega is the last letter. So instead of saying Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, we could say he's the A and the Z. That's what it means when Jesus calls himself the Alpha and the Omega. We could say that uh, he is uh, implying not just he's the first and the last, but he's all the, the letters in between. And these verses in Revelation probably refer back to Isaiah, where God says that he is the first and the last. So when Jesus says he's the Alpha and the Omega, it's like saying, for example, so-and-so knows the A to a Z of mathematics, the A to a Z of science, and so on. It means he knows all there is to know and everything in between. It's a figure of speech. Now, letters are basic building blocks for vocabulary, for words, for communication, for description, for thinking, for understanding. So it seems to me that Jesus, who is called the Word, should also be called the Alpha and the Omega, the A and the Z. He communicates through his life all that he is, that God is, and who we are. Here's the crux of meaning in life. It involves understanding who God is, who we are, and what God has done in Jesus to put things right. Jesus tells us what happened to break the world and destroy something that was perfect and what it took to fix the world to put things right. And Jesus said, I am the A to a Z, the Alpha and Omega, and so, John, this is in Revelation, he's saying, you can trust this prophecy because of who I am, who it is that's talking to you. And in this context, Jesus is saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega of love. I'm the Alpha and Omega of power. I'm the Alpha and Omega of wisdom. I'm the Alpha and Omega of all that it means to be God. I'm not just talking as a shepherd here, I'm talking as the one who claims to be the Alpha and the Omega, the A to a Z of love, of wisdom, of power, of deity itself. And after he gives the message of the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation, at the end Jesus comes and says, I want to say it again, I am the A to a Z, the Alpha and the Omega of truth. 
I want to put an exclamation mark on the things that I've told you in the last 22 chapters. John. And I want to affirm that I know everything about wisdom, everything about power, everything about God. I stand behind the prophecy I just gave you. If you want to understand the Bible, you need to understand who Jesus is. His central role to all that the Bible reveals. It was Warren Wearsby who claimed that Jesus is the full revelation of God, the Alpha and Omega. And this is what he says. If you want to understand God, you have to know Jesus Christ. I've met people who say, well, I get so much truth about God from walking in the woods. Well, you can learn some things about God by walking in the woods, but you cannot get the full revelation you have in Christ. Some say, I love to sit and look at a beautiful sunset. It tells me so much about God. Well, it can. But you will learn much more of God's revelation through his son, Jesus Christ. God has spoken in Christ. And this is his last word. Jesus Christ is God's last word. And if you want to know about God, you have to come to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. His ministry is the ministry of revelation. He reveals God to us. Tremendous words. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of the story of humanity and planet Earth. And it's a painful story at times, but in Christ it becomes a hopeful story. It's important that we not only listen to the word, but that we respond to the word, letting Jesus weave our own stories into the greatest story ever told. Have you thought about the story of your life? Have you thought where, of where Jesus comes into it? Have you responded to him, allowing him to bring about the greatest miracle possible? A changed life with a changed destiny. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, but you need to let him be the Alpha and the Omega of your life and your story. You and the Holy Spirit can go on a journey together. You need to know Jesus this way. You need to tremble before the glory of who this man is, the Alpha and the Omega. Think of the vastness. Think of the authority. Think of the almighty power. And again, as we understand this, it gives us confidence. When we get more grounded in this truth, we need not fear anything. And if we understand who it is we're connected to, who it is that we're core heirs with. When we understand who it is, it changes the way we view the future. It changes the way we view trouble. It changes the way we view the world in which we live. That's one of the reasons Jesus is speaking this truth to the saints, to the churches that were in persecution at that time, because if they could get grounded in this truth, even in the face of death, they would not waver. It says in Colossians 1 and 16, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers 
or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Everything was created by Jesus. But that's not enough. He's not only the Alpha. It wasn't only created by him as the source. It was created for him. He is the Omega. He is the purpose. He is the end reason for why creation came into being. So he's not only the source of creation, he's the purpose of the creation. He is the end purpose for which creation exists. He's the goal of history. He's not just the one who forgave us to give us a better life. He himself is the goal for why we have a life. And that's why God's not a supreme being who starts off creation and then lets us get on with it. He creates the beginning, but also the end. He has purposes for all creation. And truly our destiny is in his hands. So Jesus is the source of all beauty, the end of all yearning. He's the truth, peace, healing, comfort, purity, power, and love. He's the beginning of the world and the end of the world. And it's literally true that we have no good apart from him. And to say, this is important, to say that the fullness, that God's fullness dwells in Jesus. You think about that. It's to say that though Christ is human, there's no part of him that is not divine. Deity fills him. And that's why Paul puts the question forward, what do you have that you didn't first receive? In other words, what do you have? Do you have wisdom? You received it from God. Do you have strength? You received that from God as well. Do you have gifts? Well, God gave you those gifts. Do you have breath? He gave that to you. What do you have that you didn't first receive from God? And Paul's logic is, now, if you did receive it, if that's true, why are you boasting as though you didn't receive it? As though somehow it started with you, that you somehow are the source. He says, why are you drawing attention to yourself as though you're the Alpha and the Omega? Whatever you see from the Lord, carry it as though you received it as a gift, not as though it was something you created that came out of you. Perhaps we fail to grasp an obvious fact that God's power flows down, not up. In other words, receiving everything that Jesus has for us requires a willingness to empty ourselves so that we can be filled. It requires admitting our inability to satisfy our deepest needs and all the while believing that Christ will. This faith joined with humility and obedience will act as a powerful force, a kind of spiritual gravity to attract God's gifts and blessings. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about God's ultimate aim and purpose. And he says there will come a time when through the work of Christ, God will finally be all in all. Everywhere you look, God. Everyone you look at, God within. That's God's plan for you, for the church, for the world. He wants to fill us with himself, the richest of all blessings. 
The problem and the barrier to receiving this revelation of who Jesus is is that too often we think too highly of ourselves and too lowly of who Jesus is. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In other words, he is power and majesty beyond our wildest dreams. Now let me try to give you some understanding by looking at the world that was created through him and for him. And I just want to give you a few facts that I picked up from a book by Thomas Dubay called The Evidential Power of Beauty. I don't know if you've seen that book or read it, but it's a tremendous book. I'm still working my way through it. And Dubay takes the majesty of Jesus into the realm of science. And he takes three different facets of creation of Jesus, the creator. And he talks about what he calls the macro marvels. Speaking of the vastness of the universe. Macro means big. And then he goes to the midi marvels. And that's the, the, those are the marvels of animal and plant life that we see all around us. It's absolutely mind-boggling. A little deposit of what the truth is about, the created order, even in what he calls the midi marvels. And then he has the micro marvels, where he takes a very popular, easy, human, friendly approach to the micro world. How vast, how vast the universe is in the cellular level down. This is much. There's as much complexity in the human cell as there is in the universe. There's a universe on the inside as big as the universe on the outside. And he takes the microscope and he brings us into that world. In the macro, he takes the telescope and shows us a little of how big the world is. And then he takes the microscope and shows us that it's just as complex at the smallest level in the infinitesimal, not just the vast. And as far as the macro is concerned, the sun's about a million miles in diameter, the earth's about 8,000 miles in diameter. You can fit a million earths into the space of the sun. Now the sun is only one star. The surface of the sun reaches 2 million degrees Fahrenheit. Now we're talking about the Alpha and the Omega. It was created through him and for him. We're talking about a man who is fully God who created the Son. We're talking about a man who walked the streets of Galilee, who understood the science behind the Son because he is the Alpha and the Omega of the Son. Now the Son burns enough energy that it could be compared to a hundred billion hydrogen bombs going off every second. That's how much energy is coming from the sun. And the sun is one star and there are a hundred billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. And the sun is one of them. It's not even the biggest one. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. The sun burns up about four million tons of its own mass every second. And at that rate, the sun will exhaust itself in six billion years. 
Now, there are 100 million galaxies of which the Milky Way is one of the smallest ones. Jesus is over all of this. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Who is he? When he was standing before the Pharisees, they had no idea who it was they were talking to. When he hung on the cross, we cannot imagine what was happening in the fullness of what it meant that he was giving himself for us, to us. And the measure of commitment he has to us. The time it takes to travel in the known universe from one end to the other <coughs> at the speed of light would take 15 billion light years. 15 billion light years. Those are the macro marvels. So what about the midi marvels? There are the marvels you can sense. These are the marvels you can sense with the five senses. You can discern them without a microscope or telescope. There are 10 million species of animal and plant life on earth. 10 million, for example, there are 35,000 species of orchid. There are 40,000 mussels in an elephant trunk. Then Dubai goes into the infinitesimal the very small, the micro level, and he develops what's well known in the scientific world as the complexity of the human cell. And a human cell is like a vast city, full of complications and complexity. The tiniest cells made up of 100 billion atoms. A single cell has more information contained in it than the 30 volumes of the Encyclopedia Britannica. That's how vast the world is in terms of its smallness. And each person has a hundred trillion living cells. Hmm. There are 15 million bacteria in a drop of water. There are trillions of cells in one branch in the tree, trillions. And each one of them is a vast city in its own right, containing more information than all 30 volumes of Encyclopedia Britannica. Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega. Who is this man? He's orchestrating history and he's unveiling himself as the Alpha and the Omega. Do you ever begin to grasp, or do you even begin to grasp the vastness of who this Jesus is? Let me ask you to do something. You can do it now or when you get home. Agree with what Jesus calls himself, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. But don't just agree. Don't agree with what's been said. Go further. Proclaim it. Confess it as your conviction and your belief. And then receive this truth into your heart. In John 16 and verse 14, Jesus said this. The Spirit will take what is mine and give it to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to take you on a journey to give you more insight into who Jesus is. 
Then it says in the book of Revelation, to those who keep the prophecy, meaning those who apply the prophecy to their life, will you do that? Will you serve him, obey him, worship him, honor him, submit to him as the Alpha and the Omega? Not just to the one who forgives us, but the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the source and the reason for the whole created order. Let's pray. Lord, there are times when we come to you and we forget who it is we're worshipping. There are times, Lord, if we're really honest, we treat you as someone inferior to us. We should be compelled to worship you, the Alpha, the Omega. Help us to do that, Lord. Not only in what we say, but in our very actions, Lord, may we live understanding something of your almighty power. Lord, we think of that day when the tomb was opened. You took a step out of that tomb, and that step changed the world. You proclaimed that you had risen. Hallelujah. And you ministered here on earth for a period of time after that. But Lord, your whole emphasis was on the fact that you came into the world to save sinners like us. But to do that, you had to be the Alpha and the Omega. You had to be Almighty in every way to fulfill the purpose for which you came. Help us, Lord, not just to appreciate that, but to live accordingly. All these things we ask. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing uh, praise to God in the words of 380. Hallelujah, sing to Jesus.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen.